Do you, do you know how do you know how I make this look unprofessional? How do you being look a professional? Ah, you know, and you know how you know how a professional knows that it's non-professional because he's a professional. To that, yep. True yeah. words never been spoken. That so, right there. Hmm. Everyone, we have Adam Marcus today. Round two. Hello. You've been on this show before, haven't you? <laughs> no, TJ just likes to say round two. He just that's it. Yeah, yeah, just round two. Uh, <laughs> round two. <laughs> yes, uh, the last time uh, I kind of like laid down, kind of like kneeled, and then you pushed him over my over me. You remember that? <laughs> And then he was I like, ah, help me. I, oh, I, I yeah. do. It was one of those team wrestling moves, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. I, I think it's like that's in like 101 wrestling. By the way, uh, that's why I haven't been on for over a year. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> exactly. so, I'm saying. And, and it's why I would it's why I would only do it if we were sexually distanced. <laughs> it's, is that socially or sexually distant? Dude, I'm telling you, I feel I, I, with you two, I feel like I should wear a mask now <laughs> yeah. in my own home. Well, alone. Lord knows I do. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not a mask? No, it, it's not. Oh, that's your beard. No, it's, no, it's that's actually my beard. It's it the same looks, thing. By it's the way, the dude, thing. it looks it looks really good, man. I I have wild respect for the for the COVID beard. That is, oh, uh, awesome. you, you know. I Lots of that, washing. I think it was just starting to come on when you were uh, when you were on last. I, I it, it, when you were on last, it was I just haven't shaved, right? Got it. Got and it. now it has stepped beyond that into official beard territory, <laughs> dude. Dude, you are in like Richard Stanley living in the Himalayas, not wanting to be bothered by Val Kilmer beard. That's, exactly. Here's a question. Here's a question. Can we do an interview with Adam where he doesn't mention Val Kilmer? Oh, Could, well, no, not, not possible. <laughs> by the way, no, here's, here's the interview I want to do. I want to get a round table together of just directors who've worked with Val Kilmer. I guarantee you that would be the funniest interview ever done. Ever. <laughs> You'd have like grown men just sobbing with each other. So, I like that <laughs> sobbing in it's and and it's it's a it's a podcast with a, a three drink minimum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to come prepared. <laughs> and it's and, and here's the thing, it's such a Richard Stanley beard that if you think Richard Stanley, you gotta go to Moreau. <laughs> you go to Moreau, you go to Val Kilmer's four degrees of Val Kilmer. So this there, is the way it goes. There you go. That's the way it is. So no. uh Adam. Yo. Hearts of Darkness. Where are we yeah, at? Yeah, baby. Where are we at? Is that what you asked? Where yeah. are you at? Yeah. I'm going to be where I'm at. Um, it's going great. We we shot uh, almost 30 interviews for the film already, which has been unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe how many people wanted to come out and talk about it. That's, that's what was sort of stunning. Uh, but just as we had finished up the 29th interview, uh, COVID hit. <laughs> oh, surprise. Um, and I, I was in I was in Georgia shooting Bob Kurtzman's interview while Allie was in Chicago shooting Rusty Schwimmers. Ah. And so we still have nine more interviews and there are more people asking to come on board since then. So we still got a bunch of footage that, that simply has not been shot yet. Um, you haven't so asked me. You haven't I, asked me. You, know, you barely you, you just watched the film for the first time this year, dude. What do you? What do you, I, I why do you think no, I'm no. on this podcast? Well, um, <laughs> you're you can't you can't have this footage. Oh, we'll have our contribution come out of this podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um. So no, it's uh it, the the film is going great. Um. Uh. Eddie Samuelson, who's directing the film, and Peter Brackey and myself and Ali Rivera, all four of us have been cutting through 
over 75 hours of interview footage, um, starting to strip everything down and, and kind of start put stuff together. But again, without the other interviews, it's just an incomplete film. The other thing is I was supposed to be a chiller this year where we were doing a little bit of a, you know, Jason goes to hell reunion and TJ, you were going to be there with us. Yep. And honestly, I want some of that festival footage. I want some con footage. So, um, so once COVID's over, uh, Chiller has asked me to come back the minute that they're up and running. I said, absolutely no problem. Uh, and we'll get the band back together there. And that's kind of where I want to shoot some of the end of the movie. So, you know, um, Eddie, Eddie is all about getting this thing right. He's, uh, Eddie Samuelson has been working on, uh, the box set coming from Screen Factory. Hell yeah. Um, oh, dude, it is, dude, it is unbelievable. I it, think I st stated publicly there's only one good reason to buy that box set. Thank you, my <laughs> brother. Yeah, and there's a proper <laughs> Blu-ray release, so Jason goes to hell in there, you know. Uh, a proper, a proper. Well, I'll tell you, it's the first time that the unrated cut's going to be on Blu-ray. Also, mm -hmm. it's got the original new. commentary that Dean Laurie and I did on it, but mm -hmm. I recorded a new commentary with Peter Brackey and Eddie. That's where we met. That's where Eddie and I met. And that's when I was like, dude, you're awesome. You should be directing our documentary. You should be directing Hearts of Darkness. And he, uh, he couldn't have jumped on quicker. Like, he was all in. And so, um, so here's the thing. He, he has produced over 20 pieces for that set. 20 full documentaries are on that set of all the films and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. I know some stuff that I can't reveal here that is so incredible. Certain things he's found, archival stuff that he's found, that is, it, it blows the lid off. Not just for Jason Goes to Hell, for all of the films. Excellent. Um, it's really, it is, I'm telling you, it's, it's one of those rare moments where, cause the thing is so expensive. It's like injurious, but it's so well done that I'm like, look, sell your old one. Like put that on eBay, get this thing. Um, <laughs> it's, it is that good. It Tell really is know. that good. Now, it's like, you don't need any other, any other Friday 13th stuff. You can get rid of all of it. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of the junk. Get rid of the junk. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You don't need that. You, you don't need that. No. Now, I wanted to ask, did you get a hold of Tom Blismo? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh okay. No. Great. Tom, Tommy sat in my in my in my library. That's where we, we recorded him. Oh, good. And oh, so great. Here's what's so great about Tom. And it's it's so Tom. Um, so he's sitting in my in, in, in my in my library and uh, and he he's like god I, I remember so little of this i you know and as he started to talk he's like oh wait a minute no 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 and then that cool thing by the end of it we had a two and a half hour interview with the guy <laughs> right. exactly. he remembered everything i mean everything um yeah, and yeah. he sent a bunch of archival stuff he sent like these great behind the scenes photos he took and just amazing tom's tom's amazing he's amazing he's a good guy he, he's, he's a, great, a good guy great dude. he's a good guy i i i got to launch him on his career <laughs> That's yeah. right. Tom Blizzmo is the guy that called you from a bathroom stall and was like, help me, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's what it, but everybody calls Mick for that. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's how we met. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's like, oh, oh, tell me something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael Silver in the background there. Look at that. Oh, oh yeah. Damn, damn <laughs> you, you mean Tony the Wonder Llama? Um, <laughs> Actually, Michael Silver and I, um, because of this whole thing, him, he and I are collaborating on a project together right now. Oh, Hell yeah. Cool. Yeah. Angry yeah. pickle and all. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as much angry pickle as we can get. 
Yeah. He's um, no, he, Michael is, Michael is, uh, he's an extraordinary guy. He really yes. is. He's, he's, uh, he, he wrote a piece that I fell in love with that I'm, that, that Skeleton Crew is going to be helping with. And I mean, he's, he's, he's quite something. Amazing awesome. actor and a great, great guy. Just a great guy. That was actually, that's the best thing about, about uh, doing this doc is like, there's a ton of people that I haven't seen in forever. And truly it was like, and some people that I only spent like three days on set with mm -hmm. and instantly it was like, Oh man, I love these people. Like uh, these were amazing. And now I have all these like incredible relationships that have come back to life simply by doing the documentary. It's, it's it, isn't that a, I, I feel that way. I, I, when I wrote behind the screams, mm -hmm. uh, all these people from nightmare on Elm street four, uh, it was it was such an amazing way to reconnect with all of them, you know? and and all of a sudden yeah, they're they're all glued back into your life, you know. You start to look like one of those COVID things, you know, with all the little <laughs> points around it like this. <laughs> I'm becoming a I'm essentially becoming a virus. Yeah. yeah By the way, forgive forgive my dog in the background. He's uh, what's a, up with that. There's a person <laughs> delivering a package or something. It's COVID. Yeah, COVID. COVID. It's all COVID. COVID. It's, it's That's COVID. I, anything goes wrong. It's COVID. <clears throat> so, yeah, it, it is odd how all of a sudden you, you just reconnect with all these people. Yeah. And and tell me if this doesn't happen. And, I, and I'll bet it has, and it kind of blows your mind. When you go back and you look at a point, a single point in time, now that you've looked at that point really, really hard, okay, all of a sudden – your mind, all of a sudden you realize that that uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon was about you, right? <laughs> Is, isn't that weird? I mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're, con that, 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 you're, you're connecting, connected, and re Mick, you cut out pretty bad there. Until I, that, oh, did, did I? Yeah, did you plug into the, Again? into the internet? You did? Oh. Uh, yeah, you're you're just a big just, blur right now. You're like your audio is like uh, uh, eight bit quality, maybe teetering on SNES, maybe. Uh, I feel like I'm we're playing gonna, the first part of we're going to continue. Game. Yes. Uh, speaking of Jason goes to uh, hell, our fan group hit two thousand uh, members today. I know, it was so yes. exciting. Okay, you you guys continue. Yeah, you fix that, Mick. Yeah, dude, uh, that was Working that was awesome. Thank you for sending me the picture, man. That was amazing. I mean, uh, we've been teetering on two thousand now for like two weeks, and we had some rogue admins who were just not having it. And then dude, once we got rid of that problem, we were like, "Woo!" <laughs> the only way I found out that we had the problem was that one of my one of Skeleton Crew, one of my production team, called me. And was like, "Dude, um, I just got rejected from the Jason Goes to Hell fan page." I'm like. Okay, there's clearly a problem. It ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, well, a quick no, activity awesome. check solved that problem. And now we're at 2000, which is great. Awesome. Uh, we awesome. love and appreciate each and every one of you Hellions. Oh, and uh, for all of you tuning in live, we appreciate you. Damn Skippy. Damn Skippy. So no, it's, uh, uh, the page has been amazing. And by the way, thank you again for, for creating it, TJ. It's... it's uh, it, it's one of the happiest places I go to every morning to just check in with people that are amazing and that totally get the movie and celebrate it. And, and also just talk about, about things Friday and things that, uh, you know, that they're excited about. So it's, it's really cool, man. You, you did, you did an incredible thing, brother. I agree. So you want to talk about a dagger? 
Let's talk about a dagger. Let's talk about a dagger. So a couple months ago, we had a little chit chat and you told me an amazing story about the original stunt dagger. Do you want to tell it live here? Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to. So everybody remembers the magic dagger, which whenever it would come up on screen when we were cutting uh, Jason Goes to Hell, uh, everybody in the room would go magic dagger um, as it would turn into the magic dagger. Uh, and of course, it's the it's got its evil dead connection and, and all that. Well, here's the thing that happened with the dagger. The prop people and the guys at KNB actually worked on that dagger together. They, they It was sculpted by this guy named Jason Bacutis, um, who was uh, Noel Cunningham's cousin, uh, off of specs that I had given him about what I wanted the dagger to kind of look like. And so he created this amazing thing. And so I have this great piece of art. And they had made a few of these. But the most beautiful, you know, sort of uh, close-up version of the dagger the guys at KNB and the prop guys gave to me as a gift at the end of the shoot. And I was like, I was overjoyed. Like, it's such a beautiful piece of art. Um, and I was in my early 20s. Like, who doesn't want to have a giant knife? Like, you feel badass and cool. Absolutely. Anyway, um, the knife itself was not that sharp or anything. It was just this, like, great piece of artwork. So I bring it back to my apartment where I'm living with Noel Cunningham and Dean Lurie, my, my co-writer and the assistant editor on the film. And I display the thing, right? I put it up on my wall in my bedroom. And I've got my mask and I've got that. Well, uh, uh, a couple months go by and we're cutting the movie. And um, I come home one night to find that there is someone in my apartment, not oh my. one of my roommates. Someone has broken in. This is when I was living in, in Venice. And this is in the 90s when Venice was considered the mini hood. So it was this terrifying place <laughs> to be. It's like this is it's not like you would truly and I, no exaggeration. You would leave your house in the morning, walk by a school and there was a dead body laying in the, in the on the grounds of the school, just dead. Um, you're like, oh, uh, Venice. Anyway, so um, so so a uh, horrible situation. And here's this guy in my my home. And here's the thing. We had these poker nights mm -hmm. at, uh, they were actually casino nights Ooh. at our apartment. Now, you've got three bachelors living in this apartment. It was It was a huge space. We had an entire floor of a building. And we would put in these casino tables into our apartment and run gambling out of the apartment, but we would do it under the guise of movie nights. So we had the Godfather night. We had the James Bond night. So everybody would show up in tuxedos. Women would be dressed in gowns. I mean, it was like ridiculous. We're in our early 20s. It was just like this nutty thing. We had all these girls at UCLA that we would hang out with, right? Ooh. So I know. It was, no, it was, it was, it was good times. Um, so we, we would get um, quarters as chips. Mm -hmm. So we had just hundreds and hundreds of dollars in quarters. And that's what everybody would bet, bet with. And you'd buy in with the quarters. Okay. Uh, dude, uh, this guy had grabbed, I don't know, 25, 30 of these rolls of quarters and stuffed them in all of his pockets. <laughs> he found the quarters, stuffed them in his pockets, was holding my Laserdisc player, which my roommates and my brother had just bought me for my birthday on Jason Goes Hell for my 24th birthday because I turned 24 while we were making the movie. He's holding my 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 laser player, which was I was like I was out of my mind, and the dagger. <laughs> That's it. That's all he's got. Yeah, laser player, dagger, and uh, you know a couple hundred dollars worth of quarter or a few hundred dollars worth of quarters in his pockets. Okay, I see this. I instinctively, and again, I'm a guy. I had never shot a gun in my life. None of. 
But Noel Cunningham was a gun fanatic. And I mean a fanatic. We had guns and gunpowder. And it it was like a John Woo movie in his bedroom. (laughs) True story, side story, true story, an amazing story. The day we move into Venice, the day we move into this apartment, Dean Laurie and I are on Dean's balcony, which overlooks the main street, Market Street, right, Mm -hmm. in in Venice. We're standing there. We're talking. We're chit-chatting. We're like, oh, this is so beautiful. What a great day. And look at our apartment. We have a whole floor of building. Isn't this amazing? Noel Cunningham walks out between the two of us and just lobs something over our heads and walks back (laughs) in the apartment. And I'm like, what the hell was that? (laughs) Suddenly, there is an explosion in the middle of the street. He, he had crafted a little gunpowder bomb in the middle of the day and threw it in the street in Venice, California. Oh that my. is a true story. Okay? Oh, my. So, so now, now I run into Noel's Guns Are Us store, four feet away. <laughs> I grab two of his firearms. I, again, I don't, even, I don't know if the safeties are on. I don't know what's going on. Straight Deadpool moment. And truly, and by the way, I'm a huge John Woo fan, and I was like, I... I I knew John at that time and I went to screenings with John and I saw hard boiled for the first time in America with John at a screening room in Orion at Orion. That is a true story. Much longer story. Anyway, I run out of the bedroom <laughs> holding both guns and I'm, and I'm like, stop motherfucker. <laughs> this guy drops my laser disc player. No. Now here's the thing. It lands like, on this leather sofa that Noel had bought and literally like a giant pillow, just <laughs> and it was fine. This dude runs for the back balcony of our apartment, runs out and jumps off the balcony. And it's about a 17 foot drop to the ground. Oh. Okay? Dude, this guy lands. Here's the thing. He didn't count for the weight differential that was on his butt with all of the quarters. <laughs> this dude lands smack in the middle of the pavement of, of like the alley right between the buildings yeah lands dude quarter shot out of this guy's ass <laughs> for a hundred yards in every direction <laughs> there were quarters everywhere and this dude gets up and he's limp running away down the alley and the only thing in his hand is my dagger oh no i was like wow that guy is gonna sell that for some crack or some that is just <laughs> What a what a fucking shame, man. So that dagger was lost to to to, to time, uh, simply because this guy really I I should have let him take the damn laser disc player and give me the dagger. Uh, but uh, but I still have the laser disc player. Shockingly, it still works. That's which is kind of amazing. Um, so yeah, that's that's where the dagger from Jason goes to hell got lost. Is my mic still muted? Nope, it's back on. Oh, now. perfect! I'm on. <laughs> oh, hey! Uh, perfect. Well, thank you for sharing that story. That is glorious. My absolute pleasure, brother. Shooting out of your ass. Yes, that's quarter I can't wait, wait, Jeff, to give that to the animators. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I promise I love you, it. I will have Adam in a very small scene, dressed up like Deadpool with maximum effort. And- totally. <laughs> totally. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so good. Give me back my laser just play it. If we could somehow get Ryan Reynolds just to, to ADR that portion right? of my, <laughs> little my, tiny beast. my story. Little tiny beast. That would be amazing. He is the king of cameos. He really is. There you go. He really is. There you go. And who knows? He might be a fan. This is a true story. Um, uh, 
when I was doing the commentary for Jason Goes to Hell, um, we did it at this place called Margarita Mix, uh, which was a place that was in Los Angeles in the in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And they they built it because everybody was doing these commentary tracks. And the concept of Margarita Mix was you would come in to do your commentary track and they would serve you margaritas until you got pissed drunk <laughs> while doing your, your commentary, which made the commentaries much more fun. So right. I go to do Naturally. my commentary. I don't drink, but my partner, my writing partner, Dean, does. So Dean is getting schnockered while I'm, you know, drinking a Diet Coke and totally sober. And it makes the commentary so much more fun because I start making fun of him during the commentary track, which oh, becomes a ball. Um, so we're, we're in the middle of the commentary and they paused us uh, right in the center. They paused us, uh, I think, to refill Dean's margarita. And as that was happening, um, one of the editors comes in and he says, hey, I have a note from next door. And I said, oh, cool. Who's next door? They said, well, um, they're they're doing another movie over there. They just finished. She, she just left. I'm like, she who? She goes, yeah, Penny Marshall was doing the uh, commentary on A League of Their Own. Oh, I'm like, wow. I'm like, well, that's awesome. And she said, he says, yeah, I have a note for you. I was like, from Penny Marshall? He's like, yeah. Ooh. So I open up this note and it says, Dear Adam, I love your movie. Love Penny Marshall. <laughs> and I said, I was like, Penny Marshall? Like Jason goes to hell? That is so like I already adored her. I'm like now, oh my god! I still have I still have the note. Totally in love. Totally in love. <laughs> oh my god! Like she's a badass. <laughs> Such a badass. So we had uh, an anniversary of your film not too long ago. We did just uh, uh, two days ago. Yes. Yeah. yeah Lots of 13. love pouring on uh, your page. Huh? So so nice, man. And look, by the way, listen. With all the love that goes on, there's always these, you know. Wonderful fans who who uh, who wish me nothing but ill will, um, who uh, you know uh, repeatedly want me to get ass cancer um, uh, for blowing up the mask. Um, and, whoa, 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 whoa! That's kind of specific, isn't it, dude? I have had three. I've had three people wish me ass cancer. At <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, is well, this a I, thing? I, I love that they're very specific about it. Very. Very. Yeah, no, they should come up. They should bring in the medical terminology for it. They really should. They yeah, really I mean, should. you know, you see, up your game, people. Up your game. <laughs> so, so the thing is, whenever we hit an anniversary, I get this incredible outpouring of love, and then I get these guys who are just like, "Okay, get a life, folks." Really, I mean, come on. Um, but I have to say, it it does keep it spicy. Mm. Like that's that is kind of fun for me. Like I I I I I prefer the love side of it. That's for sure. But the hate side is fun. I, I gotta say, and it's uh they they're 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 never very good spellers. <laughs> right, right. It's sort of it's so it's sort of like people who love Trump, right? Uh, they, they 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 lose the ability to spell. As soon as as soon as they immediately go for Trump, I don't know what it is. Kind of amazing, isn't it? It pairs but, well with the fourth grade education, man. Yeah, that's it, right. Yeah, that's that's right. But but yes. there is something about being around fans that that go over the line that that you you want. I tell you this story. I I was doing um, I was doing a uh, uh, a thing with the the um. Bad boys, mm -hmm. the guys, 
the guys that were doing that uh, were rappers, Fat Boys, Fat, fat Boys, boys the Freddy. They were doing thing. they were doing the Freddy rap, right? Yes. Right. And at one point, and there was there just wasn't many of us like around at that time. We were we were on the stage for Freddy's Nightmares, the TV series, mm-hmm. and uh, and we hadn't even really started that show, but we were just kind of we had all this stuff and, and we decided to go ahead and, and build the sets and kind of, it was kind of like in-house thing. And, 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 and so the, the bad boys come down and everybody has to babysit them because we didn't have, you know, like we didn't even really have PAs there. You, you know, it's just a member of the crew would have to go out and, and, you know, spend a half an hour uh, watching them. And we were all sitting on these scooters that we had, uh, been given by the promo guy right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so so the, the parking lot is like half the crew just spinning around with the fat boys on these little <laughs> tiny scooters and it was hilarious i mean it was just really really funny. and and the fat boys were for one thing they 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 didn't sit on a scooter as much as they as the scooter became them if you see what i'm saying and yes. so we're all over, and at, at one point we stop in the middle of the in the parking lot, and we're having a discussion, and uh, the discussion was about Freddie. Uh, it was about Freddie and Jason, Freddie and Jason, and um, Leatherface. Leatherface, got Leather, it. no, it was Leatherface. Okay, damn um, Skippy, it was. Uh, and we're just and we're sitting there, and they're talking about who's the batter. You know, who was the batter, right? And the guy that had, that had the all golden teeth hadn't been saying much. And we're just sitting there and, and it's back and forth, you know, and 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 Freddie could do this, you know, and oh well, Jason will get you like this, and well Leatherface with the it kept going back and forth and back and forth. And all of a sudden he just he just says to me, he goes, You know, it's it's gotta be, it's gotta be Freddie. Everybody looks at him because it's the first time we talked in a while. <laughs> Because, you know, Freddie get you in your dreams. See, you guys, you guys, you just talking shit because eventually Freddie going to get you in your dreams. And he gets on his scooter and he <laughs> pops off into the sunset. And we were like sitting there going, well, you know, there you go. <laughs> you, know, you know, the um, you know, the story about uh, Sean Cunningham turning down Wes on Nightmare on Elm Street because Wes brought it to Sean first. Oh, did he? Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was there for a table read that Sean had us do uh, of Nightmare on Elm Street when I was, I don't know, 13. The first one. Yeah, yeah. the first one. Yeah, um, the first I was like 13, one. and, I, and I, I was doing a table read for Sean, and he told Wes that it was fucking stupid. Quote, unquote. Really? He's like, this is fucking stupid. He's like, ooh, I'm afraid of going to bed. Ooh. Literally, he did that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, you are really, you are quite the soothsayer Sean. Yeah, just, what a yeah. forward thinker good, you are good, my friend good Adam. job yeah yeah Adam. That's Yo. uh, what does that sign there say young man oh that says uh jason is dead two for one yeah. burger sale what's that yeah. what film's that from uh that's from jason goes to hell did i make that film oh fuck you <laughs> this, guy, this guy who still tries to tell people that he directed the, the reshoots and other stuff on my movie i'm like dude are you insane oh it's no no it's it's weird i had a guy i had a guy say that he uh 
was in the he was in in the business and he was a production designer and he took credit for uh Nightmare on Elm Street 3 right it just and the weird thing is 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 that was like the only one of the only things that was on his resume mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i kept and and i kept showing up to interviews right right after him you know and it, uh. it's it's it was interesting how easy it was back in the day when you didn't have, I mean, cause you couldn't get away f- with that for 10 minutes. These right. Days. Right. Right. I mean, right. Not a, but yeah, back then right? you could absolutely. But, but back then you really could. I mean, it, it's, it's really funny. I mean, and I didn't, um, <laughs> I, I didn't even say anything about the, because the guy only had that one thing. Right. Right. I was like, in in weird weird ways, like you kind of felt sorry for him because if totally. if he was actually trying to make no, make but nobody nobody feel nobody feels sorry for Sean Cunningham. Nobody, no, 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 no. no that's you know that's actually physically impossible. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, he's 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 another he's another genius. Um, yeah, genius, no, genius, no, yeah, Sean, genius. Uh, no, Sean, Sean has gone around saying he even said in in uh, Crystal Lake Memories that he had to reshoot sixty percent of my movie. Yeah, and you, truly, Bob Kurtzman. When Bob Kurtzman heard that, Bob was like, "What? What drugs are is Sean on? Because I got to get some of those." Yeah, he was never that. on set. He just wasn't bartender. There. What are they bartender? One of those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, amazing. I, I can see that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, though, like I was back in the day. Here's a question uh, for Friday and Nightmare fans. And since Mick is about balls deep in Nightmare and you're about as balls deep in Friday as they get. So Jason goes to hell. The glove that you that you used at the end, you said you acquired from Bob Shea. And that was a prototype used in a previous film or supposed to be used for a film. Now, Mick, Mm. I Mm. wonder if it's any of the works that you did that that glove was from um here's the thing you're assuming that there's any lack of gloves laying around new line cinema so you have to understand is not only were there dozens of gloves all over the place mm-hmm. i don't i'm you had crew members making Gloves. <laughs> Everybody fucking make gloves. Yeah. I, I felt bad because I was one of the people that really truly hated making gloves. I mean, I personally never made a glove. I designed a couple of them, mm-hmm. uh, especially the dental glove for uh Freddie, you know, with right. like spinning tools and all that. Yeah. Uh that was that was really fun because it because it was really kind of hard to do. <laughs> that's that's a whole bunch of um Vibrator motors, nice. You, you know the vibrators on your on your uh, that. Well, actually, they later on became you know, <clears throat> but they used to be on, on your uh, devices. <laughs> which was vibrator motors, mm-hmm. uh, game so, controllers. There, that there we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> there we the go. They they were about that big, you know. <laughs> and you had like you could you could like get them in there, but 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 even then. The number of official gloves that were uh, made by everybody that was on the crew, <laughs> and that's this is this is why when I look at somebody's official screen used glove, uh, that eh, you know 
There were so there were so many on the stage that that I I remember on Nightmare Three. I mean, there were just people that was waving at each other with them on the in the in the crew <laughs> everywhere. So it's hard to that source would, gloves. So like it's hard to track gloves because there were so I, many I think, made. I think it's I think it's impossible. I okay. I, I really do. Right. I I. But it's the same problem with the. With the machete, right? With the machete or sure. a hockey mask. Sure. Or a hockey mask. The hockey, no, or, the the hockey ha- mask. Or, or the hockey mask. You, I mean, yeah. there there are so many different streams of how those were created because there were guys who, who would design off of a previous design right. or a design from three movies back. Or, you know, so, I mean, when you start getting into, like, the, the guys who make the really quality, you know, uh, um, uh, right. hawk out there, like, they have a full lineage of how that hawk came into being. Oh, and I find yeah. that amazing. Like I'm like, that's absolutely, wow. and that 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 blows me away. Yeah, I'm I'm totally totally into that. I I I, I like that it's an aftermarket thing. But people mm-hmm. who say that they have the screen used ones, I always wonder about that because because I know how full people are, and I and I particularly know how uh, prop makers and uh, special effects and, and and art directors are, you know, it, it just always makes me wonder. And that's the thing with the Jason Goes to Hell community is uh, there's a select few of us that could probably tell you about where everything exists right now is where it stands from. Right. The, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and people say and people say that about the, the only one that I absolutely absolutely know the veracity of is mm-hmm. somebody somebody had had one of the uh, uh gloves with the dental tools on it right and and he called me to say is this is is this the original one and i say well well i know the original one because the controller box had the beefy boy uh, uh sticker on the back of it that was torn in a particular way right and he sent me a picture of it and i said yeah that's that that one I but that I particularly knew is the only one that I absolutely could say that that's you know original and and it's not like somebody couldn't fake that right they the um the one that we used I'm pretty sure was from Freddy's Dead yeah pretty sure um and it was Bob Shea's personal one that was in his office right okay so now we need to ask Rachel Talley some questions <laughs> it's true it's true hey, or Mike DeLuca um, no, or, who, yeah. Who is the one who actually put that together for me to get me the glove? Mm-hmm. Um, but it came in a box. There was a guy who stood with it and wouldn't leave set. Oh yeah, okay, I can imagine that. Yeah, they were they were like they were deadly serious about that glove. And when we only shot the, the shot twice, it only had to be done twice. It broke um, on the second shot, though, right? On the second yeah. one, the one of the blades came off as he pulled the glove down into the earth. Mm-hmm. But it it worked on camera. It just once it came down, the blades were falling off the glove um, <laughs> with the mask. But right there you go. It worked for the shot. There you go. It did. Yeah. It, it's easily easily one of the most iconic shots of the film. Easily. Oh yeah, Thank yeah, Thank you. yeah, yeah. And I even mean, the it, haters will agree with that. Oh, well, no, it, even the people who say it was the hidden, it was actually the hidden. <laughs> we'll we'll give you that one. <laughs> I will tell you. You know what's great? So so Eddie Samuelson went out and uh, and interviewed Jack Shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. And he was doing he was doing a documentary for the hidden. Right. But he but he got him to do a piece for Hearts of Darkness. Um, 
And Jack Shoulder had never watched Jason Goes Hell. He hadn't seen it. Right. Oh, he so, hadn't seen it. No. So he watched it and Eddie was like, so what'd you think? He goes, well, let's call it an homage. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's totally Jack. Jack always has this, Jack always has this way of putting you down just before he's gonna say something nice. Right? I thought it was. I thought it was a very gentlemanly way to say it. And again, <laughs> again, here's the thing. This is what's so what's so embarrassing for me. I had never seen the fucking movie when I made the film. <laughs> then, then we're in post, and someone's like, "You know, this is a little bit like The Hidden." And I said, "Oh, I heard that movie's good." They're like, "Yeah, you should see it." And I and New Line got me a copy, and I was like, "Oh, come oh, on." <laughs> <laughs> frame by frame much <laughs> yeah you know i no definitely not frame by frame no 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 no, 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 no. our our you, kiss you know our, our you, thing was you know like, that i am just uh, totally giving you shit for that no, 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 it's, all good. it's so the thing that i don't understand though is i don't understand how it came from the same People, it came from and nobody brought it, and nobody ever thought to even bring that up. Not one word. Not, Not one, one word. Word. See, that's just insane. You know, that's that's because it's 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 really so weird. Because uh, here's the here's the the really weird part of this is that we in the in the horror community that built those films that built horror films in the 80s and the 90s, usually pass little shit like that off to each other before the films got made. You know, I mean, you always kind of put out these little feelers and stuff to see if you're not duplicating something that's out there because, because you know, let's face it, the, the produ producers are, we're making this, we're making this, and we're going to be ultra secret. And, and the crews are always... Yeah, but you know what? We have a revolving room just like you guys do. <laughs> like, just like you're making, we're making one on the other side of town, and maybe one of us ought to rethink this kind of shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I, I'm to this day, I still cannot believe that no one, yeah, no, no one, one that, that's nobody. That is just such a weird thing. It's, it's, it's usually we stayed in, usually our jobs were to kind of catch that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we blew yeah. it. We we blew it. This is the same film that spelled Voorhees wrong. Yeah, <laughs> dude. By the way, and I've not told anybody this story yet, and I will not. It's saved for the documentary. The uh, the misspelling of the name Voorhees. I will be exonerated for all time. And in fact, anybody who ever gives me shit about it, anyone who gives me shit about it, is going to be very very nervous that they're going to they're going to get killed in their sleep because when you find out who made the mistake and why that happened, you guys will not, you simply won't believe it. I couldn't believe it. When, when I, when I, I wasn't at that particular interview, they called me from the set. They said, you're not going to believe what this person just said live on camera. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I looked at the footage. I was like, you can pull one of those cleared. knives out of your back finally. Dude, I am literally cleared of all charges. <laughs> well, you know, we, we we switched we switched the white streak on Nancy, so I guess uh, you know. Dude, I get blamed for which eye is missing. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, dude. Oh, dude. you know, it it goes I'm on like, and on and on. 
I'm like, oh yeah, right, because I'm the guy who sculpted the mask. It's it, it, what people think a director does is so extraordinary <laughs> to me. It's like I'm always like, yeah, I know in my spare time while directing the right. film, my first well. feature. I went over to the mailbox and hand painted the name Voorhees incorrectly. <laughs> that was my job. That's that's part that yeah. I got. I got a ten dollar oh. bonus for that. Ten uh, dollars. <laughs> you got ten dollars. I did. Uh, I did. That's that's the kind of money Sean Cunningham pays. Hey, hey, hey uh, and I was signed up for all all all, all the fuck ups that I did were, were on a flat rate. <laughs> Bonuses, right? baby. That's where the real money is. That, that's right. Bonus. That's right. Uh, Ten dollars oh, yeah. in the oh, mail. Yeah. It's it's in the mail. That shot, actually, that exact shot of the Voorhees uh, mailbox was shot on my birthday that year. That was when I turned twenty-four. That was the same night. Oh wow! Yeah, and what a present it's been ever well, since. Then. Well, let me let me tell you something. We did a shot on Vengeance uh-huh. that had a mailbox out front. While I'm back, we're supposed to see the uh, we're supposed to be a shadow play of a kill, right? Right. And and everybody was arguing about which way we were supposed to spell Voorhees. And th- this is your argument because I could not have cared less. And they kept coming back to me, going, "Well, yeah." It's like I'm like, you know, yeah. let's. I I'll I'll do the truly I'll do the true Hollywood thing. And we'll shoot it both ways and send it to the editor like that. And he can I'm telling you, dude, when you when you see who's responsible, it is the most amazing. It's it's I could just watch a clip of it over and over again for the next <laughs> 10 years in a constant rotation. There so we will end the show on a good note. Adam, uh, anything else you want to say about HOD? Dude, it's going to be amazing. I, I have to tell you, like the 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 people that we've interviewed have been so effusive and so lovely, and telling like amazing, very funny stories, stuff that I didn't even remember. Um, and it, look, the, the the greatness of it is is kind of the thing that's always made me made it very easy for me to defend the movie to people who don't like the film. Is it was made with a tremendous amount of love by a bunch of people who love the franchise, who wanted to do something different, and were excited about the direction we we're going. Even someone like Kane, mm-hmm. who had real reservations about what we were doing, when you hear him talk about it and you hear his excitement and the stunts he got to create and all the stuff that he that he made out of this thing, um, it, it it's just a lot of people who had a lot of love in their hearts while making this movie, and I think it still shows in the film itself, like everybody had a great time and we're doing something they believed in. And also you get to hear Tom Bellissimo tell a story about me getting knocked on my ass by an explosion that I stood way too close to, even though he warned me not to. So, <laughs> All right. There you go. So for those people who want to hate the movie, you can, you can hear a story about me getting knocked on my ass. So, so there you go. So, so should, should we make a, a shirts for a rabbit hole that are, that, that are just burned from like uh, here down and says Tom say Tom Blissmo said it was safe to stand here. Absolutely. Oh, I would kill for that shirt. That's a great shirt idea. That's a great shirt idea. And you know Tom Blissmo would love. You know that, that he would. You know that I know that, that Tom. I'll get the boys that. on it. Yeah, get them on that. <laughs> well, Adam, thank you for uh, coming on the old rabbit hole again, dude. Good anytime. Seeing you, man. Yeah. Good seeing you. You know it. Yeah, the best guys. 
So uh, guys, stay tuned. Mick and I are wrapping up the pilot episode of our cartoon series. So stay tuned on the next couple of weeks for some stuff on that. Uh, And uh, make sure to uh, go to Scarefest in Kentucky later this year and uh, see Mick and I in person. There you go. That's wear your masks. Think think of how weird that's going to be. Yes. Okay. Well, Adam, Adam, really appreciate it. Yes. Oh, brother, please. My absolute pleasure. You guys are freaking badass. I'm I'm happy to be here anytime. You know that. Okay, guys. Well, see you guys next week. Uh, I think are we having Graham Humphreys on? Uh, yeah, we'll work on that. One of the Grams. Okay, One guys. Of the grams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I you, you know what? I, I I think that you might be confused. It might be Instagram. Okay, there we go. That makes sense. Well, I'll see you guys next week. This is your host with the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser, signing Bye, off. Hey guys. Woo!